The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Yemen is one of the Arab world's poorest countries and in recent years has been devastated by a civil war. Millions of civilians are now starving and thousands have died. The conflict itself is complicated. It involves much more than one side taking up arms against another, especially with Iran, Saudi Arabia and Western nations involved. In this episode, we step through the origins of the conflict and what it has meant for the people of Yemen. Squiz Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, as we do, let's take a quick look at the geography. Yemen is at the southern end of the Arabian Peninsula, and this is one of those moments where a map would make life a whole lot easier. You and I have a few of those moments, but Yemen borders Oman and Saudi Arabia at the bottom of the Arabian Peninsula, and across the Red Sea is the African continent, and the Persian Gulf is on the other side of that peninsula. In ancient times, the country that is now Yemen was the crossroads of Africa, the Middle East and Asia, something that's reflected in its population today. The vast majority of the population of Yemen is Arab, but there are some people of Pakistani, Somali and Indian heritage in Yemen. These days it has a population of about 28 million people, the vast majority as in about 99% are Muslim. And within the Islamic faith, there are two major denominations, Shia and Sunni. The two sects agree on the fundamentals of Islam, but they are in conflict about the leadership of the Muslim community after Muhammad's death. It's good to get a handle on the demographics here because it really goes to the heart of the current conflict in Yemen. It does. So in Yemen, about 55% of the population is Sunni and 45% is Shia. There's other estimates that put Shias at higher and lower numbers, but that's the United Nations number. The majority of Muslims in the Middle East are Sunni, as they are around the world, but Shia Muslims are the majority in Iran. And that's important because Iran's a big figure in the current conflict in Yemen, as is Yemen's neighbour, Saudi Arabia, which is predominantly Sunni. Let's take a look at that. That next. Yemen unified in the mid-1990s after a joint governing agreement was struck between South Yemen, which was a former British colony that turned communist, and North Yemen, which had a representative government for some years. After it became one nation, it wasn't long before it outraged its neighbours, Saudi Arabia, and consequently Saudi Arabia's ally, the US. And this is because of the position they took when in August 1990, Iraq invaded Kuwait over an oil dispute. The United Nations, America, Saudi Arabia were all concerned about the invasion and talked about a military intervention, which eventuated at the start of 1991 in the first Gulf War. But Yemen had the view that there should be no intervention from non-Arab states. And that's a position that the Saudis and the United States didn't much like. So Saudi Arabia and the US aren't fans of Yemen's government. Remember that? We'll revisit it very soon. Meanwhile, there were troubles brewing within Yemen itself. Its first president, Ali Abdallah Saleh, who was formerly president of North Yemen, was looking to find a way of governing that involved a sort of informal power sharing agreement with the military and the various tribal chiefs who were still a strong force in Yemen. 
And a lot of those tribal chiefs were receiving payments from Saudi Arabia. The Saudis saw an alliance with those tribes as a way to have a say about what was going on there. But after some time, with all those players not getting on so well, civil war broke out in 1994. It was a relatively short end and a win for Salah and the North. And that chapter saw the relationship between Saudi Arabia and Salah going from bad to worse because the Saudis backed the communists from the South. Fast forward to 1999, the first election since the North and South merged and Salah becomes Yemen's first elected president. He won 96.2% of the vote. It was a move that secured his place as the most powerful man in Yemen. At this time, in the background, terror network Al-Qaeda is gathering strength. And of course, in 2001, the 9-11 attacks happened. And although Salah publicly sided with the United States, he, behind the scenes, investigations found was supporting and directly helping Al-Qaeda. In the 15 years or so to follow, there are Al-Qaeda attacks on Americans in Yemen and the US hits back with airstrikes on training camps and sadly many civilians are also killed. And then just to complicate things further, during this time a group of Shia insurgents rise. They're known as the Houthis after a dissident cleric. Not only are they fighting the Salah government, they're also fighting Al-Qaeda. So Al-Qaeda is more of the Sunni denomination of Islam and the Houthis, as you say, are Shia. The Houthis start making their mark from 2004 and they say they're motivated by Salah's economic discrimination of the North. Salah and the Yemeni government, however, said that they're simply intent on destroying a unified Yemen. And it's this conflict that is at the heart of the civil war that still grips the country today. Let's get into that next. So far, we've discussed how Yemen's been marred by religious disputes, tribalism, north and south divisions, Middle Eastern politics and the war on terror. Gets more complicated, though. <laughs> it does. And even experts say it's one of the most complex disputes going on because of all of those layers. But let's stay high level and hit the key points. All right, here we go. At the end of 2010, the Arab Spring hits the region. That was a series of anti-government protests and uprisings that spread across much of the Arab world in the early 2010s. Yemen also caught, Claire, a case of spring fever. The uprising in Yemen in early 2011 was initially against unemployment, economic conditions and corruption, as well as against the government's proposal to modify the constitution so that Salah's son could inherit the presidency. That causes violent protests in the capital, Sana, as well as centres around the country. And in June 2011, there was an assassination attempt on Salah that saw him flee to Saudi Arabia. And long story short, after months of wrangling, it was agreed that Salah would go and that Vice President Abdurrahmansur Hadi was appointed as president and a unity government, including opposition members, was formed. Then in 2012, Hadi won an election, but he was the only candidate in that election. From there, things go from bad to worse. The Hadi government is hit by al-Qaeda attacks and moves from separatists in the south, and the Houthis step up their opposition in a big way. And it's the rising Houthi movement that takes the country into that civil war. From late 2014 and into early 2015, the rebels get backing from the Iran government, which, remember, is also Shia Muslim aligned, and they take over the capital Sana. Claire, at this point, the Houthis, despite having previously fought against the government led by Salah, formed an alliance with him of sorts. 
That's right. Salah backed the Houthis in a bid to regain power. They had some success in their attempts to take control of the entire country, forcing President Hardy to flee abroad in March 2015. As they say, my enemy's enemy is my friend, and that's very apt in this case. It's at this point that Saudi Arabia really get involved. So remember, Saudi Arabia has a Sunni Muslim population, so it didn't much like the idea of a Shia Muslim insurgency, particularly one backed by Iran, to get its hands on power in Yemen. So the Saudis form a coalition with eight other mostly Sunni Arab states, and they also receive logistical and intelligence support from the US, the UK and France. Airstrikes start with three specific aims. And those are to defeat the Houthis, to end Iran's influence in Yemen and to restore the Hardy government. How's it worked out? It's a disaster. The extent of that disaster is what we'll turn to next. At the start of the civil war, Claire, the Saudis thought it would only take a few weeks to defeat the Houthis. Five years on and the civil war in Yemen rages on. Fracturing alliances saw the Houthis kill former President Saleh. That was at the end of 2017. President Hardy continues to live mostly in exile in Saudi Arabia and alliances continue to splinter and make headlines. To make matters worse, Yemen was already one of the poorest countries in the Middle East when the civil war started. And that means things like poverty and food insecurity have become significantly worse. There have been widespread civilian deaths and casualty and massive displacement from fighting and the terrible economic situation. And the situation is said to be getting even worse. The numbers around it really are massive. Yeah, the United Nations Commission for Refugees says 22.2 million Yemenis are in need of humanitarian assistance. That's about 80% of the population. It is estimated that 3.6 million people have been forced to flee their homes and about 180,000 people have fled the country entirely. There's been a particular focus on food security within Yemen. About two-thirds of those 22.2 million people in need of assistance are considered to be malnourished, and children are especially vulnerable. There aren't a lot of official figures about, but an estimated 85,000 people have died from the famine that's ongoing. And then there's, of course, the thousands who have been killed in the fighting itself. About 18,000 civilians have been killed mostly through airstrikes. One of the big criticisms of Saudi Arabia's conduct during the war is accusations that about a third of coalition airstrikes have targeted civilian buildings, including schools and hospitals. It's been labelled the world's worst humanitarian disaster and there's not much hope of anything improving anytime soon. No, and the United Nations are very worried that things will get worse because money to fund humanitarian work is very tight, with COVID-19 taking the world's attention. And on that very sad note, that's your shortcut to Yemen. On to our recommendations. The plight of children in Yemen is arguably one of the saddest parts of this civil war. For more on this, I've included a link to UNICEF. I've got a link to a video from the US Department of State showing Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State doing a press conference with President Salah. It's really fascinating to see, of course, he has died and Hillary Clinton has moved on out of politics at this point, but it's quite incredible to see her talking about the United States and this guy working together. Links to all of those in your episode notes as always. We have so many more shortcuts on a variety of topics 
topics that you can dive into. They're all on our website, thesquiz.com.au, in podcast form, but also in written format if you prefer to have a read. If there's something in the news that you find confusing or hard to understand, shoot us an email to hello at thesquiz.com.au and we will add it to the list. Thanks for listening in. Until next week. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au.